0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Sanderlanch podcast. I am Data and with me today is Jamie and Dak. We have no Joe today. We're starting. No. Uh, well, you know, it's it, it's a good news, <laughs> bad news thing because you know he's not going to be here for a little while, but it's because he had a baby and now I'm an uncle and it's very uh, it's uh, it's very fun. So, baby break yay. pop two. Yep, Baby Break Part 2, Electric Boogaloo or something. <laughs> Come up with a good uh, a good name for it. So, yes, we're going to do a few episodes, uh, or take a break for a little bit before we finish up Bands of Morning to give him some chance to, you know, spend some time with the new baby and not intervene in their, uh, their getting-to-know-baby time. And so, uh, also, apparently, you know, he's not sleeping much, so if we try to make him on, have, be on here, he might not be cogent. So give yeah. it some time.
1: <laughs> yeah, from, from recent experience, those first couple of weeks, they're hard.
0: <laughs> they're rough. Yeah. So we decided this time, to start with here at least, we're going to try to stick a little more to uh, on-brand for the show and read something Sanderson, since that's kind of what we do. But instead of continuing on with the book without Joe here to finish it with us, I have picked some short stories and or novellas that we're going to be doing that uh, the kind of thing that is, you know, a one shot sort of deal that was on my list of things for us to read. But so far down at the end that it quite possibly might never have made it onto the show anyway. So why not? Why not give them some time to shine also? So for today, the first one that we read is called Firstborn. And it is available for free on Brandon's publisher's website, Tor.com. There's a link from his own website if you want to go there. So if you haven't read that and you want to before we uh, we get into talking about it, you can pause here. Go find the free story and read it. It is a sci-fi story, and the first sci-fi story that he ever published uh, is how he describes it. Not
2: going to lie, when I saw the title when you sent it to us, like, it didn't click immediately. I like... Is this a, like, Mistborn spin-off of, like, is this him <laughs> setting up, like, that future one down the line? That would Mistborn be funny, in
1: actually. space, where there's no mist. Space.
0: Yes, Firstborn, exactly. Mistborn. They're, they're going to have, like, the spaceship is has to be full of mist so that uh, it'll run <laughs> properly.
2: <laughs> it's like, you know how, like, a lot of those sci-fi things have like, the gardens, like, to create the oxygen or whatever yeah,
0: sure.
2: uh, on the ship? they Instead, they've got a mist garden. Yeah, there you go. This a big a mist.
0: mist. But yes, so that is what we're reading today. So feel free to go well, while the song is playing here in a second. You can go <laughs> and read that one and then come back. <laughs> so it, it, OK, it's not that short, but it's not it's not uh, super long either. So that is what we will be doing for the next, I think, four weeks is what we've decided. And so uh, be ready to read some short stories that maybe you haven't even read before. Audience, even even the diehard uh, Brandon Sanderson fans might have missed out on some of these stories like this one because they're just uh, they're hidden out there unless you unless you're in the habit of digging through his website to see what's available for free. That's there's a section on his website called like free fiction that he's written, so you can find it there. Anyway, I'm kind of excited to to do something kind of new and different. We've never really had a sci fi story before in the stuff that we've done, so uh, it's kind of seeing a new side of what he's written should be some fun, I think. Hang on to something, everybody. The Sandra Lynch is about to begin.
1: From Omega to Mars From the council to the city bars, From the reaches of space To the pillars of a sorry grace There are battle-warterians lacking in humility Julians are bragging about their reach and flexibility The clutter of the city spreads to the lowliest stars
0: no matter what scars you bear, whatever uniform you wear, you can fight like a Krogan, run like a leopard, but you never be better than Commander Shepard. So yeah, short story. Like I said, it's it's a, he says this is the first sci-fi story he ever published, and then in, in, in the description on his website, it says, published is kind of a loose term, as it only appeared in The Leading Edge, a BYU publication with a very limited print run, so it was like... While he was in college, this publication only for the college that had a very small run is where the story first appeared. So not a lot of people may know about it is, uh, is uh, the takeaway there. So what did you guys think of this short story?
1: I liked it. I thought it was a little bit different to what we've been reading before. I, I l- liked that he just kind of wasn't super competent and definitely not confident in his abilities being thrust into a situation then he was like I really suck at this and I, at first I was like I was thinking about the empire and rebels and I was like are you the good guy are you the bad guy I don't know anything about this world or or empire and so I, I really didn't know what to expect but I, I liked it I thought it was a bit of fun and you know the idea of being able to immerse himself in these battles and and learn all about his his brother was was quite cool and then being able to to use that in the end to really something so simple to be his undoing they just needed the tool to be able to do it I thought the editing was a bit abrupt I didn't see it. like obviously it's a short story it's gonna come to an end pretty quickly but I was like I didn't expect it to end right there I was watching how far down the screen that I had read and I was like there's still like a quarter of this page like it's a it's a decently short story and then it ended and i was like oh oh okay <laughs> cool <laughs> but no i i really enjoyed it i thought it was it was quite a cool little story
0: yeah i like the i like the the thought as you're getting into it that is like wait wait is this the good guy or empire empire uh, is not necessarily a, a positive <laughs> connotation
1: well so, that's the like empire empire and rebellion i was like my brain goes straight to star wars And I was like, well, we're on the side of the rebels in that, and the Empire are bad. Mm -hmm. What are we even looking at here? (laughs) So, yeah, and I don't know whether Brandon had something like that in his mind when he wrote it, because I assume a lot of people would would go there pretty quickly. So it kind of, yeah, throws you about straight up. But, yeah, no, it was good. I really enjoyed it.
0: That would have been a whole different kind of twist ending, where if it was like – you're watching this guy try so hard to get good at this thing, and then he finally gets good, and you realize that he's a bad guy. That would
1: be... Yeah, the bumbling bad guy. I mean, it's all about perspective, isn't it? Who's good mm. and who's bad? So you never know. In the Rebellion world, they are the bad guys.
0: That's true. I, okay, yeah. On, on it, You're definitely right that it's all about perspective with normal people. But it, at some point, when you're like the emperor of in Star Wars, and you're just like yes oh,
1: yeah, I heard again,
0: be evil yeah. and it's like okay well you're you're it yes we've come a long way from like anakin's like from my perspective the jedi are evil <laughs> yes you are absolutely right he was still really evil when when he said that because he just like killed a bunch of kids so i guess it's yeah
1: oh yeah he lost me there yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: yeah no i i had definitely had the same feeling that the ending was just super abrupt it's kind of like, well, we made the point of the story. Let's go. I'm like, oh, okay. Still people dying everywhere, but sure. But no, I liked I like the story. The, the I didn't I didn't get Star Wars vibes off it so much as I got Firefly because they kept talking about reunification.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, okay.
2: And so I spent the whole thing. Going, is this is this like someone on the side of the the alliance? And I guess it like you know you could definitely read it as that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I, I, I quite enjoyed it. I liked the little twists and turns it took. I liked the overall point of like, yeah, someone who's just being, who's just always failed all their lives and trying to find their way around it. And then it's because of their valu- failures, they succeed. That might be a bit of an overdone trope, but I think it's one that works because you can always empathize with it rather than the perfect person. Sure. I did think after the reveal that Varian, Varian was the brother's name, yeah? Or the original? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the original. I, I th- I thought that after it came out that he was starting to attack and was trying to take over the Empire, it seemed like the initial point where he betrayed everyone, it seemed like it caught everyone off guard um, a bit. But then after that, it seemed like everyone seemed like they were kind of expecting this. So why didn't they do anything about it sooner?
0: Yeah, there's I I feel like at the, the the turn moment is maybe not even half off guard because they have the, the whole thing where they're like, Welcome back. Here's a medal, but every as single as person there, it, the yeah, everyone is out, prepared. Yeah. So they're like, we think that this is not going to go well, but maybe just in case we're wrong, we'll we'll try to be positive.
1: And the choice of location too, you know, there were yep. lots of grass and wasn't fanfare and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like the da- the the dad was very quick to pull the gun.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes, you not dropped the, the medal the, and then the, da- the, the dad, was an ass, really. That's
1: true. Yes, but. By dropping a medal, you're, like, going to shoot your son in the forehead. It's probably an overreaction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, part of the, I think part of the thing is, like, from the beginning, the Empire was not in a position to stop this guy. And so, no matter how early on, they're like, oh, we want to stop him. It's like, because the very first thing he does is not approved by them. And he just continues, like, to snowball victory after victory. And so, it's like, I guess we just have to, be like oh yeah no that's he's you're totally on our side and hope that it works out but yeah
1: yeah i guess early on he's getting wins and he's sort of working towards like yes he, he goes about it the wrong way but it's like oh okay that worked that worked that's fine oh wait what are you doing oh no you shouldn't do that ooh, ooh. oh 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 we have got to make it look like he's on our side <laughs> quick figure out how to stop him and then 20 years of that that's a long time
2: and, of course, if you strike first,
0: then it looks like you just attacked a very loyal soldier. So mm-hmm. Right. It's very, very Julius Caesar in a way. And the whole, like, crossing of the Rubicon when he's been out there winning victory after victory for, like, a decade for the Romans. And then he's like, OK, I'm going to go take over now. Uh, OK, well, I guess let's get into the, the thing, the story, as it were. I imagine this probably won't be as long an episode as most because it's not as long a thing as uh, as most of the time. And we don't have a bunch of other content that we've read to, like, theorize how this will tie in with it. So, yeah.
1: Mm, Yeah. Predictions
0: are
1: a light on this. Skip
0: that one. (laughs) (laughs) Speculations instead. There's one short story that is a really good short story that. I almost had us read, but it does tie into like another non Cosmere series that he's done. It's like it happens like a thousand years before that one or something. So I was like, well, I guess we should save that and read them together. So you get the whole the whole picture feeling. Yeah. Okay. so we meet we meet Denison, who you you guys talked about getting like Star Wars or Firefly vibes off of this. I think the main vibe I get is like Ender's game. Because of the way that he's uh, oh, training yeah. on simulators and stuff. Yeah, I see that. And so yeah, he's we meet him. He's in. Uh, he's looking at a hologram of a battle that's happening. That he is in command of uh, of this group that is fighting some pirates. Rebels in name, but pirates in action. And so they're out here to uh, reestablish His Majesty's law over these pirates. And so he's got the he's got the bigger fleet of ships, he's got the more skilled pilots, he's got the better technology, but uh, none of the people under him are expecting him to win, and they, they're all looking at him like side-eyed. And, uh, yeah, he uh, we, we, it goes into some details about you know sending this squad there, doing this with this squad, but overall the, the outcome is he does not win. And he was like, I, I can direct the battle like some sort of god, and I like the line, except if Denison was a god, his specialty was certainly not war. Because it's like he he was educated and that keeps him from making disastrous mistakes, but he still just can't win.
1: It's a hard way to leave, especially when they're like, nope, you can't leave. You have to do this.
0: It's it's so true that yeah, because and I like after the battles over one of his guys is like, man, he really is an idiot as he's leaving. It's like, wow, okay, that's uh, but yeah. Like afterwards, he he he's he's like, hey, I I don't want to do this. Can I stop doing this? Uh, yeah, we we cut directly to like after dinner. He missed dinner, but he gets back in time to talk to his dad. High Duke Senian Crestmar,
2: continuing Sanderson's tradition of asshole dads.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say it's not it's not even just that he's the dad and that he's an asshole, but for some for some reason the name Senian Crestmar just makes me think of Strathventure. or maybe it's High Duke Senian Crestmar, where it's just like. Oh, yeah, it's, like yeah, it's the High Nobility in thing. Yeah, His dad is a very important guy in the Empire. And uh, Denison shows up. And he's like, I really tried, if that makes a difference. it's so like, oh my gosh, if you tried, you would have won, okay? And he's just like, there's no point in arguing with my dad. He'd given up on that particular waste of sanity years ago. And so he's like, okay, finally, like he, his dad's glaring at him. He's like, he's finally going to just give up on me and let me go. His dad's like, so I've arranged a new commission for you. Uh. It's it's not even just like you're keeping this guy in when he doesn't want to be and he's not good at it, but him losing kills people. Yeah. Like that's that's kinda messed up. But yeah, you're like that's what you do for your pride. Well, and I guess what we find out later that it's not necessarily all about dad's pride. It's like this is the one person that they hope may be able to defeat varian when he turns bad as they're expecting yeah so it's like this is the hope of the empire here that's why the emperor continues to kind of push it. i guess it's just the question is like they've invested so
2: much time and effort into it it's like i'm really shocked none of them have thrown up their hands and just gone we need to try something else because this ain't working
0: yeah right i guess maybe it's too late to clone a new one or something and I guess we've proven that the clone thing doesn't—you uh, don't get the uh, the tactical genius along with the the DNA. So uh, there might not be a point in trying again that way. Yeah. I guess. Well,
2: like to jump ahead to the end, like it ends because they finally get Varian to kill himself. So if the end goal is for him to be dead, it's like well, surely there are other ways to achieve that—assassins or. Yep. You
0: would um, think,
2: right? Yeah.
0: I mean, they've gotten bugs. They they apparently planted like 20 bugs on his ship. So you would think that maybe maybe we can just blow it up. We'll sneak it's a just, bomb on there or something. Just, just leave a dude in the vents.
1: <laughs> I guess, though, it's like he's so over everything that's happening on board his ship. Like the whole thing about the bug being planted. And he's like, I'm happy to leave that one there because then you know that I know mm. that you're watching me and I can toy with you a little bit, like uh, sneaking an assassin onto the ship or something like that. He's going to know that's happening because he's done it to the other ships. So he's not going to let anyone get close to him. He's, I guess, somewhat reclusive for a reason. Yeah. And they probably tried that really early on and he thought it was funny.
0: Yeah. I would think that they must've tried to send like assassins at some point, like, right. I can't imagine that that wasn't a, a thing they attempted.
1: You don't sit there and go, Mm, this guy's a bit of a thorn in our side. Maybe we should clone him to defeat himself.
0: Because mm. that's a plan that takes a long time. I don't remember if he yeah. says how old Denison is, but it's like, that, that takes a long time for that plan to come to fruition. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. well, we're really suspicious of this guy. Uh, how's our backup plan learning? He's only just learned to walk. <laughs> mm, mm. Right, we could be in for a long haul here. Yeah. yeah. The, every year that goes by of changing the clones' nappies, and and it's like, well, the, the guy we cloned him from has just won another victory. So, uh, uh I feel like one's progressing faster than
0: the other. <laughs> yeah, but ostensibly, all the victories he's winning are good for the Empire. He's bringing them into the fold. So it's like, yay? <laughs> Question mark. It's the reunification war that did, I didn't even. It never occurred to me how Firefly that was. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I like, he's like, hey, his dad's like, it's a fine ship. It'll be a good place to earn. And Denison's like, yeah, I know it's a fine ship. That's why I shouldn't be there. Like,
1: it, it's doing <laughs> you know that stuff. I'm terrible, right?
0: Dad, get it through your head. I suck. <laughs> yeah, He's like, I know Admiral Kern. He's he's great. Maybe he'll be able to help you with your problems. He's like, problems? Is that Maybe I'm just not good. I don't know if that's quote unquote problem but <laughs> that somebody's going to fix. But yeah, the, the dad's not hearing it. He's just like the High Empire expects more. It demands more. He really, yeah, he really just seems like an asshole. And I don't think that he's not an asshole necessarily. But like I said, we we, we find out later that there's there's more behind it than just that. There's an interesting note about like how their faster than light technology works. That it's like the smaller the thing you're sending, the faster you can get it there. And that's really interesting to me. I'm not, I'm not even sure why. I like that. And so we cut to Dennis and talking to the Emperor. He's like, "Hey, you know, I'm 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 sorry, uh, my, but uh if if I can speak, I don't think that this is a good idea." And the emperor is basically like, "You know what? You just show more initiative, young Crestmar. Your pessimism has been great, a great annoyance to the high throne." Which that sounds really condescending and stuff. But then when we talk to when we see him later and he's just like No, yeah, you ran away, but you were the only one who was able and smart enough to, like, save your people's lives, basically. So, like, don't be so down on yourself. Even when you do good, you feel like you're failing. So.
1: (laughs) You ran away at the right time. This is good.
2: I I think that's the crux of it, because at the start, like like you said, he's looking at all these other officers who are just side-eyeing him and just going, man, this guy always fails. And the thing is, like, he's doing it to himself constantly. He's like. Well, I'm not gonna win, so fuck it.
0: But yeah, it's and it it's just interesting to me how it's like the exact same notion basically, where he's like, "Your pessimism is is annoying to us," and then later he's like, "Dude, why are you always so down on yourself?" It's just a this is the more formal way of saying that same thing, and in this context, it seems like mean. And in that context, you're like, "Oh no, okay, I get what you're saying." But yeah, I agree. It's just like at this point, everyone else expects him to fail and is always talking down about him so at you know i don't think that you're ever going to change direction once that starts yeah Uh, i I guess maybe there's a possibility that you're like i'll show them and you'll turn it around that way but that's not Denison's style it doesn't seem like and uh the emperor is just like no you have it in you to be good you just have to try harder and denison's like dude how do you how can you why are you so sure that i have it in me and the emperor's just i just am your petition is denied do you want anything else so later we know why it makes sense then but uh it seems kind of strange here that the Emperor is siding with his dad to this level when he's out there getting some good men killed, trying to take command when he's not good for it. So then we meet Admiral Kern, and Denison shows up and he's watching a holographic battle. This is the Battle of Sea Press, the beginning of the reunification war. Denison's brother's first battle. And I guess we haven't we haven't mentioned we haven't mentioned specifically. We've been talking around it as, assuming that everyone is familiar, but Denison's brother is out in the galaxy leading the reunification war and taking over systems to bring under the rule of the Empire. Ostensibly.
1: Doesn't sound evil so far.
0: <laughs> yeah, unless you're those unless you're the rebels, I guess. You, you if you're the brown coats, it seems pretty evil. Perspective. And I, I do like the exchange. He's like, I hear you you're you have something of a smart mouth. And the guy is basically like, yeah, well, that's the only thing about me that's smart. I'm sorry. And he just – Dennison comes right out, and he's like, dude, I, I'm Admiral, I just have to warn you. I'm, it's really not a good idea for me to be here. I doubt I will f- f- fulfill your expectations uh, for a squadron leader. And Kern's like, oh, no, no, I'm not giving you any ships to be in charge. of. No, no, I've seen your records. The question is whether you're a worse strategist or tactician. And I don't know that I knew that there was a difference necessarily, but I can, like, once you start thinking about it, I'm like, okay, now I guess I get the difference. And so they start talking about Varian, his brother, Varian Crestmar, 20 years older than Denison. He's like, I've never even met the guy. He's like, I'm not a parlor visitor asking about your family. I'm your commander. Tell me about Varian, the warrior. Varian has a ship, the famous Hawk. Which is a great name. Yeah, it is right for a spaceship. Terrific. And so 20 years ago, when the Imperial fleet was at its lowest point, Varian takes this uh, his much smaller fleet of ships with this one battleship, basically, against this fleet uh, uh, of sea press, which had like five battleships and 100 fighters. And he wins. Denison is like, Varian is just perfect. He's never lost a battle given command the, his first day out of the academy he's commanding the entire imperial fleet within 5 years and he's he's been fighting his whole life and never lost a battle and they're they're watching the 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 battle in the hologram and it's like this is where it all started so in the battle Varian has this uh, merchant ship that the admiral goes on to tell us he took the merchant ship by force uh, like as a pirate basically the emperor was furious. He ordered half a dozen ships to go out and hunt your brother down. Varian's ruse wouldn't have worked otherwise. Seapress, like most of the rebel factions, had spies in the upper ranks of the fleet, so they believed that Varian had actually gone rogue, and that's uh, why this worked, when he brought this captured merchant vessel as a gift, quote-unquote, to Seapress. But it's a Trojan horse sort of situation, and takes out some of their ships and allows them to win the battle. Although now, given what we know later it's entirely possible that he was working completely outside of uh, any sort of permission from the emperor that it it, it may be only after this point where he starts taking over stuff and being like, yeah, I'm taking things over for the empire that the emperor is like, yeah, no totes. He was on our side all along. I planned that. Yep. 100% planned by me, the emperor. (laughs) (laughs) Meant to do it. Mm -hmm. So he, I was like it says, nobody on his ship resisted him taking command. Like this, this guy fresh out of the academy, and uh, he uses Article One Seventeen, which allows a high nobleman to take over command if the current commander is like not a noble, basically. Which that's a stupid thing. Nobles are nobles are idiots. You shouldn't allow that sort of uh, uh, that sort of thing. But whatever. <laughs> and it says nobody on the ship resisted him taking over, and then going out and against orders attacking rebellious colonies. He says that's his most impressive feature. He's not just a tactical master. He's an amazing leader and an amazing liar. And also he's super lucky. Yeah, that never hurts when you're uh, fighting. <laughs> Maybe that's Denison's thing. He didn't he, he didn't get any of the luck in his DNA. And so he has Denison take over and command the Battle of Seapress on the, uh, the hologram. But uh, he can't win it. Apparently, you can't just like, you know, copy exactly what actually happened because it puts in some a little bit of randomness. That doesn't seem like it makes it an accurate recreation of the event then. No, that's true. But I guess for training purposes, it it makes more sense.
1: I guess if you know how to beat the simulation, then you can always beat the simulation. You don't actually
0: yeah. have to uh,
1: train anything.
2: I don't know, the amount of times I'm playing a video game, it's like I know the strategy to f- to killing the boss doesn't mean I actually have the reflexes or the... That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, or fair. Or you know, the cognitive ability to pull it off. I've got my ass beat by vi- my many bosses in video games because I knew exactly what I needed to do and just couldn't do it anyway.
0: I like the uh, the note that he's like, so yeah, Varian and I look a lot alike, uh, although he's he, he started going grey on his 22nd birthday, so by 25 people were already calling him Silvermane. So there's there's the first little hint, although it's not that I mean, you know, brothers can look alike. So it's not like that's a big hint is, oh, my gosh, they're clones because they look kind of alike. <laughs> Uh, But yes, Denison fails. It's like he tried. He really tried, but it just uh, didn't work out for him. He lost horribly. And at the end, Kern's like, ah, I've seen worse. And Dennison's, oh, you, you saw the recordings of my Academy fights then? And so Kern's like, OK, so what's going to happen is I'm not throwing away any men on you. So I have found someone to train you. Your brother. You're gonna be in this room, and you're gonna go through every single one of his battles, and you're gonna read everything about him. You're gonna become the Empire's foremost expert on Varian Crestmire, Crestmar. Which I, that's that's an interesting approach. It, it works out for reasons other than what Kern is probably hoping, because I imagine that it's like okay, maybe if he figures out how varian does what he does then he'll be able to do it also basically like yeah if, if we just like jog him enough and throw stuff at him that we know is in his dna then he'll it'll like pop out somehow it doesn't but making him the foremost expert on varian Crestmeyer pays off a, I like denison's like i'm not my brother and i'm never gonna be my brother and currently er, like, well i mean that no reason you can't learn from him though kind of just like look man we're out of ideas just fucking do it yeah and this is where dennison's like he destroyed my life from the day I entered the academy i was always gonna be you know have to try to measure up to him i was gonna fail
2: which this bit got me speaking as a younger brother whose older brothers were much better at sports and physical activities than him so everyone always expected the same of me
0: oh i was the older brother but i didn't really i wasn't very sporty I played, like, tennis, so I don't think that uh, he was my, – my younger brother was having to live up to me in that. Yeah. <laughs> Conveniently, he's not here to – Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was he was the, the popular one, which is actually annoying when I'm, like, four years older, and they're like, oh, you're Joe's brother, right? Just... Oh, yeah. It's
1: supposed uh, to go the other way.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I mean – I guess he didn't we, – we had the same school from elementary through, like, high school, so it was, you know, people knew me even though he wasn't in high school yet when I was in high school. But people were like, oh, yeah, you're and then he went to high school and was, like, you know, student body president and all that stuff, so he was the popular kid. I was never that kid. <laughs> but by that time, I was off to college, so who cares? Uh, okay, so back to – yeah. Uh, I, like, each battle was a blow to his self-esteem. Even after studying the tactics, watching the battles over and over, he just couldn't win. As a, He spends a long time in this uh, in this room studying Varian, and we kind of breeze over a lot of it. Just uh, with him, you know, we're getting looks inside his head as he's trying all the stuff and thinking about how his brother is thinking. It says that, like, we basically cut to a year later, essentially. And he's been studying his brother for a year and not able to leave this room most of the time. <laughs>
1: I feel like the sort of the trope here is that you, you you cut to a year later, and you expect it all to be working as so to get to a year later. It's like, actually, no,
0: I'm still shit at this.
1: Yep. Like, I get it. I understand it. I just can't execute it.
0: And he does understand like we get uh, he doesn't understand at all. But we get s- through him some interesting insights into his brother where it's, he's like, no, I see how he crushed this. I don't understand why he went and conquer Gemwater, a little insignificant planet over there and put himself in between these other forces but i I'm, i'm seeing i'm understanding the progress of the unification war how he was doing some of this stuff Varian's true genius was his ability to connect battlefields and lead his fleets from one victory to the next always gaining momentum expanding his war to a second and third then 10th and 20th front not just destroying or subduing but converting so before he started conquering, the empire had barely enough ships to defend its borders. By the time this battle that he's watching now happened, the fleet has more ex-rebel ships than official ones. So yeah, damn, that's impressive. <laughs> so he's fighting this battle in the simulator, and he loses again. Or actually, he's watching a recording of his fourth attempt. It says as it, as that lose that attempt fails, he had to try seven times to win. Brutal. Yeah. Like, he comes out of the hologram room and everyone's running around. He's like, oh, are we in a battle? And the guy's like, "Uh, yeah. He's like, "Okay, off with you then. Where you been, man? (laughs) So he's like, hey, he he goes and finds Kern and watches the battle, which is uh, he's like, this isn't really much of a battle. Kern has like three times more ships than the other people. Like, it's not going to be a challenge. And Kern's actually good at command. So, you know. Like, where are we? And Kern's, uh, the aide says, the gamut system, my lord. And he's like, well, we've really? We've already gotten that, that far? Okay. And so he takes a look at the map, and he's like, oh, Variant's almost done conquering all of the rebellious systems. Like, in the year I've been studying him, he's been finishing shit. Soon there would be peace. And with that peace, commanders wouldn't be as important. Wishful thinking. <laughs> and so he we, we cut to, like, he's eating with Kern. And Kern's like, what? Of course commanders are going to be needed. What are you talking about? There'll still be insurrections for some time yet, Denison. All men age and new blood needs to replace them. And Denison still thinks it's just his dad. He's like, look, it, I don't need to be here. The Empire doesn't need me here. It never has. It's just my father's stubbornness. And Kern's like, yeah, whatever, I got my orders, dude. And he's, Denison, or Kern's like, you know, uh, it's kind of interesting. You actually seem to be enjoying yourself these days. I could tell, like, when you first came aboard, you hated your brother. And Dennison's like, yeah, I mean, I guess I did. At the academy, I never had a chance to succeed. People were challenging me to battles before I was ready, because everyone wanted the prestige of defeating Varian's brother. So I became a loser before I could ever learn otherwise. Which, yeah, ouch. Okay. Rough. Like, uh, you should be able to turn down it's those challenges. Sad way to lose. Yeah. He's like, he's like, could could anyone really hate Varian? I mean, how can you hate someone so perfect? And uh, Kern's like, well, I mean, you're gonna get a chance to meet him at any rate. After he's done uh, the uh, – in two months, the Imperial Emissary on Kress is going to meet Varian and have a ceremony welcoming him back to a civilization. You can attend if you want, which I, I don't – I wonder if Kern knows what's going to happen there because that's a weird thing to be like, yeah, you can go if you want. It'll be a great party. Well, I feel like
2: if, if they're if they're really expecting shit to go down the way it does – it seems like a terrible idea to have him there in case thing goes, things go wrong and he gets shot. But yeah. if, he, if he's their ace in the hole, why would you put him in this situation?
0: So I feel like thought, yeah.
2: they did not probably let Kern in on this.
1: But maybe it is sort of that like tit for tat, you know, oh, I know that you're spying on me. Here you go. Now you know we've, cr- we've cloned you. Mm. Get, fr- get afraid. You don't know that he's shit, <laughs> but you know that we've, I guess that's fair. We yeah. cloned you and we have a we have a weapon in our arsenal.
0: Yeah, but it's like that that meeting could have gone very differently because once they start shooting Varian and his like crew just kind of stand there and then they leave after he kills his dad, like they can mm. easily have been like okay, we're going to shoot all of you and kill everybody here. And apparently there would have been no stopping them because nothing they had was getting through those shields. Yeah. Of course look, also no one no one else knew about the shields, so so yeah, Den- we we cut to Denison on the the planet Crest, which is apparently very sparsely inhabited. The weather unregulated, so they have a little weather sphere to help keep the the immediate area pleasant. That's pretty cool. Yeah, right. I want that. And Denison's like, why why would we be greeting the returning hero here? Like, this is such an odd choice. Just like a pavilion set up in the middle of nowhere on this random like planet. But his dad's there. He's like, oh, I didn't, didn't think my dad would be here. All right, that's interesting. Not that I really want to talk to him, but whatever. And his dad, it, like, he, he steps up next to his dad. His dad barely nods in acknowledgement, which I guess he's got some important stuff on his mind. But And here comes a drop ship just, like, zooming down real hard and then stopping at the last second. And we get our first actual sight of Varian Crestmar with his silver hair and commanding eyes descending the ramp. He's in the middle of his fifth decade now wearing an imperial uniform, but not the standard color. And we find out that we find out some details about the uniforms. White for nobility, blue for citizen officers, red for soldiers. But gray? There's no gray. I guess Varian, Varian has uh, created his own uniform. He's just that important. Your neutralness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a beige alert. And we find out that Varian has a, a girlfriend, Charissa of Utari's, one of his squadron leaders and one of the first rebel commanders who joined Varian. The the histories and biographies speak about her often, but did not mention that uh, the way Varian rested his hand on her elbow as they walked, and how he watched her with obvious fondness. So I guess it wasn't publicly known in these biographies that uh, they were a thing. He's got a couple of his old buddies from the Academy with him, now admirals themselves. And he just walks up, doesn't enter the pavilion. He's just kind of standing there looking at everybody. And that's when his dad and a couple imp- other important people come forward. And dad's like, I welcome you in the name of the high emperor, Accept this token and hands him this gold medal, the most prestigious of the imperial crests. Everybody watches as Varian stands there and like holds it up and then drops it. And his dad's gun is in his hand instantly pointing at his son's forehead. And he doesn't say anything, doesn't give him any sort of chance, just pulls the trigger. And the energy dissipates millimeters uh, in front of Varian's face. He is unhurt. And then everybody, except for Dennison, apparently everybody here knew, like, nobody mentioned anything to Denison, that, uh, you know, a giant firefight might break out. <laughs> everybody draws and just starts shooting. And this is where Dennison gets it. He's like, oh, I mean, the greatest High Admiral ever known... Maybe the greatest commander mankind has ever seen. Of course he's not going to stop conquering with the, the outer sectors. Why would he? He could be in charge of the whole shebang. But none of the blasts hit. He's got some sort of force field that they've never seen before. And Denison's like, oh, now it makes sense. He conquered, like, the most technologically advanced worlds first. Because he was planning for this even 20 years ago when this all started. Which, that's a thing. So this guy leave the Academy with... A plan for universal domination, like just cocked, locked and ready to go.
2: I wasn't sure if um, the implication that he's in a relationship with his fighter pilot, she sort of like got him onto the idea. And that was why they started joining up with him.
1: Mm. Mm, maybe.
0: It yeah, could be. I kind of I mean, like we talked about at the the his very first thing that he did was like go against orders, basically, and start conquering things. So I was just like, was it just is that always the plan? Like, how confident would you have to be to be fresh out of the academy and be like, OK, so I'm going to take over a ship that I'm just going to start taking over planets and I'm going to take them all over. Yeah. So, yeah, your idea is interesting that it, it might be something that somebody uh, brought to him later, whether it was her or somebody else. But, yeah. Yeah, mm. I guess.
2: Yeah, we don't see enough into his head. I think he only says he only has like one line of dialogue in the entire story, doesn't he? I think you're
0: right. Yeah. I hadn't had thought about that, but yeah. yeah his, and so I guess everyone has given up uh, the the shields are are not failing and somebody's like yelling at Senian, like get out get out of here. But uh Varian pulls his own sidearm out and puts it to his dad's head and it's, it's like you're no son of mine. I disavow you. I should have done it 20 years ago. And yeah, without a word, he blows his dad's head off, basically. And then he waves his people back to the ship, but notices Denison and just walks forward. People still shooting at him and all this other stuff, but he doesn't care.
1: He's invincible.
0: Yep. And this is, yeah, here's his line. He's like, so they did clone me. The High Emperor will find I am even capable of defeating myself. That's when we find out that he's a clone, which now everything makes more sense. And so I guess Kern, like, we cut to Kern, who's like, we knew we had something, but the shield, how? We put spies on each world. So Kern knew that uh, they were suspicious of uh, this guy, at least. And Dennison has already figured it out. He's like, no, it's he took the scientists with him from all the way back at Gemwater so that he could, uh, he doesn't trust anything he can't watch directly. So they probably, they've been on his ship for more than 15 years working on secret technology for him. And Denison says he knew from the first battle at Seapress, he understood that by quelling the Reaches, he would make the High Empire stronger and harder to defeat when the time came. So he took Gemwater early. Meanwhile, Denison's dad has just died, and he's just like, man, I did not like him, but geez, now I'll never get the chance to make him proud of me. That's sad. He's kind of doubting the whole clone thing, even though he's like, no, Varian's never wrong. He's like, there's only two people that can confirm this. Uh, the first is dead, and my the emperor is the other one. He has to approve approve all cloning requests. But really, it's just a thing that happens sometimes.
1: I feel like you wouldn't want people to just go around cloning people willy nilly, like.
0: Yeah, agreed. It is weird that it's like an emperor level thing, though. Like, mm. I guess I guess it must be super rare. And so he's like, now I get it. Now I get why they've been pushing me so hard all this time, right? I am Varian, except I'm not Varian. I. I don't have his ability to win that confidence that he has. I was never allowed to develop confidence. I was getting beaten from day one, and uh, like he, he tells Kern, he's like, I mean, we're screwed. This is Varian. He doesn't lose. Like we're gonna lose, and Kern's like, uh, no, we're high officers. So you can't can't talk like that. He can be beaten. It says it's like no, he can't. Like haven't you been paying attention? And really, why why should we bother? If he had the right to bring the rebellious other sectors into line, then why can't like. Why? How? Why are we different? Which that's an interesting point. Where it's like going back to Firefly, where it's like if somebody can is is unifying all of the outer systems, then why aren't they allowed to take charge of the inner systems? Also, if it had been you know a single general doing this, yeah. And Kern's like, well, I mean, at first it was only the planets that were raiding us that were conquered, When he was still nominally under control. <laughs> this complete conquest was done against the High Emperor's wishes, but. By the time we realized our mistake, he was too powerful. So we had to gather strength, wait, and hope that he'd be satisfied taking the reaches. And Tennyson's like, dude, seriously, that's what you hoped you didn't know him. And Kern says, at least the High Empire believes in honor. Like, look at that face. They're watching the recording of this guy killing his own dad. Like, do you really think that we'll be better off under that guy? And then we find out that they have a bug in his study aboard the Voidhawk. Never mind how. This is the only one that didn't fuzz within an hour of the incident on Cress. I doubt that his scanners found the other 20, but missed this one. So he knows about it. He left it here on purpose just to mess with us. And now we're going to put Denison in charge of some people. He's like, wait, wait, I thought we had an understanding. Like, I should not be in charge of people. And the guy's like, not nope, I mean, we need more officers, so let's go. <laughs> Dennison's just like, this is a bad idea. And then we cut to the Emperor being like, yes, it's true, you're a clone. And he's like, it's illegal to clone a member of a high family. And he, the emperor says, I am the law. Nothing I do is illegal. Dangerous. Right. And we find out that they, uh, clones can't inherit. They don't have a legal house or family. But an, an exception was made after they created Denison for this specific situation. He's like, your dad insisted. That was the only way he would agree. And I like Denison brings up a good point. He's like, what if I had turned out to be a traitor too? Like, you wanted me to be just like him. What if I had been just like him? And the emperor's like, well, then you guys would have gone to war against each other, and uh, we hope that you would weaken each other enough for us to win, who, uh, beat whoever won. So, that, there's a bold plan. And so he go. We cut to Denison going in to command a battle, or uh, you know, some of the some people in a battle, not the commander of the whole battle, but. And he he gets like this weird feeling when he's going in. He's like, what's what's strange here? And then he realizes, oh yeah, these are guys who don't know that I suck. And they trust Kern and Kern's put me in charge. So there's not like this air of, oh, here, here, here goes again. We're all going to lose. It's like, this is actually kind of nice. And so we're fighting a battle against Varian's forces, but it's not like a big one. They're like, yeah, he's probably not even actually, you know, commanding, the, paying attention to this one. But Dennison notices something. He's like, something's not right here. And he's, he's, he's talking to Kern and Kern's like, I'm busy, dude. And he's like, okay, look, but you have me you had me studying to be the expert on Varian Crestmar. Do you not think that maybe you should listen to my advice when we're fighting Varian Crestmar? And so he's like, the whole setup here is 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 wonky. This he's he's up to something here. And here's where we find out that they found a way to intercept Varian's communications to his fleet using that bug that he left. He's he's like, Yeah, Varian's not the only one who's been working on new technology the last twenty years. He doesn't have this. He might even be able to change the orders he's sending, but but that won't be super useful. I mean, you know, you could trick somebody for a minute, but it would become clear pretty quickly that the orders aren't from him, or that the orders don't make sense. And Dennison eventually concludes that Darian is coming for him. He's like, he's defeated every commander he's ever gone up against. He wants a chance for an ultimate battle to fight himself. And Kern's like, how would he even know where you are? Like, he he can't intercept communications like we can. And Dennison's like, well, I mean, there's other ways. And he said he tells the admiral we need to retreat, and the admiral's like, "What? No, don't be, don't be stupid." And then there's an explosion in his ear, and uh, he's like, "Kern," and uh, he's gone. Nobody's responding, and then we get Lord Canton from the Stormwind Reserve Bridge taking command. And then there's another, there's been an explosion on the main bridge. I'm assuming command. So he got he got like a an, explos- an explosive or a saboteur or something on board. Varian did and took out the admiral. And then once this other guy takes charge. Then you hear a shot over the radio, and then that comm's gone, too. <laughs> it's like, wow, he was really prepared, wasn't he? Very. Because he's um. always right. Yep. And then there's a, a third guy who takes charge. He's like, for on one, a different ship, he's like, I'm assuming command now. And Dennison's like, no, we can't win. Like, he, I can't even tell what he's going to do, but just from the way things are shaping up, I can tell that he's going to win this. We can't win this. And then he realizes, oh, wait. There's that rule that I can take advantage of. And so he comes on. He's like, this is Duke Denison Crestmar. I'm invoking Article 117 and taking command of this fleet, which I just realized that's like uh, Halo. Uh,
2: yeah. Spot
0: 117.
2: Yeah.
0: And the guy who had just taken command is like, OK, what's your orders? <laughs> Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And he's like, OK, we're leaving and we're abandoning the flagship that's under attack right now. Like, Get all the fighters back in and we're taking off. And the other guy's like, we can't just leave the flagship. And <laughs> Watch like, us. Yeah, we can't. <laughs> and so yeah, they all run away, and the flagship gets destroyed. And Denzin's like, well, so I failed again. And we cut to him walking down the imperial hallway, expecting to be executed, because he has he. We found out earlier that if you invoke that rule, you better win, because if you screw up, then you're ex- like the emperor is expected to have you executed. That's how they stop nobles from just doing that shit all the time. And so he's like, yeah, I took over and got like the flagship destroyed. So probably uh, this is not going to go well for me. And they have six guards meet him. And he's like, geez, I mean, do they really think I'm that much trouble. Like one dude would have handled it. And then the guards stop outside of the the room. They're like, the emperor's inside. Go on. And so he's like, OK, so now I'm feeling like maybe I'm not going to get shot. And when he gets in there, there's like 10 battles being shown on 10 different screens. And like it's a very busy, a b- very busy room with people running around watching this stuff. Bunch of soldiers. And he's like, what's going on? And a woman's like, the Silvermane is attacking. Where? Everywhere. So yeah, it's, uh, Varian is controlling ten battles at once. It's not enough for him to beat the the Empire. He wants to show off a little bit as he does it. It's terrifying. Right? Like, one one, one of the old teachers from the Academy is there, and he's like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's a game. We should have never let him leave the Academy. We doomed ourselves. (laughs) And the Emperor's like, hey, you're just in time to watch the Empire fall. And Tennyson goes, I, I guess ex- ex- executing me now would be pointless, huh? And this Tennyson's like, dude, I was going to give you a medal. Like, you saved half of that fleet. Every other fleet was lost entirely. Yours was the only fleet to, like, et- that anyone was saved from, essentially. And was like, even you know, even when you gain, a, essentially, a victory, like, you're doubting yourself. And the Emperor says, do you know what happens when conquerors run out of people to fight? It's always the same. Men like Varian can't be content with peaceful rule. They make good commanders, but terrible kings. Which is true. People, someone who's lived their whole life fighting is not going to stop fighting. You'll find somebody, even if it's your own people that you start killing. And so they're just watching the battles. And the Emperor's like, I mean, I can't let you take command if that's what you're thinking of. And Daz is like, I mean, I can't beat him. Like, not, nobody can beat him, essentially. And the Emperor's like, hey, maybe you'll live. And uh, he'll let maybe he'll, he'll let you live after he wins. You're kind of family. And he's like, yeah, like our dad was family. Good point. And Denison's just like, he, it's not just that he killed like the people that I cared about, but he stole my reason for being. I was created to be him, to beat him. And I've failed utterly at that. I could have been him. And the Emperor's like, you don't want to be him. Like, What, what kind of life is that? Success after success is bred in arrogance that will kill him someday. And Denison's thinking, like, what what could I have that Variant doesn't have? And we know that it is. Uh, he's learned how to lose. Is what we get at the end. Is the lesson here? Because <laughs> let's be fair, it's a pretty, uh, pretty shitty loser who's just like, okay, I guess I'll kill, kill myself now that I lost a battle. He's like, seems like a bit of an overreaction. Yeah, seriously. It, like,
2: it, like, our, I, yeah, okay, sure. He spent thirty odd years like never losing a battle. I get how that makes you think you're indestructible, and you can definitely freak out like when, when you think you're not, but. Half, like, half an hour in, of, and you're possibly losing, you haven't even lost, but you're possibly losing, and that's enough for you to,
0: like, shoot yourself in the head? Man.
1: Way to have a toddler tantrum. <laughs>
0: exactly, right? <laughs> I'm taking my shit and going I guess home. Technically, he thinks he's losing nine battles at once, which maybe that, that makes it worse, I don't know, but... Yeah.
1: But also, if you're gonna do that, wait till you're almost captured or something. Like, you can still leave.
2: We'll just wait right? for confirmation
0: they're lost, not losing. Mm. Regroup, come back, you've, you you know, if you've halfway lost and things aren't going well, you're like, okay, let's let's make a new plan, right? You're not just like, ah, fuck it, I don't want to live anymore. I'm not perfect. And so Denison starts picking stuff out of these battles. He's like, he knows what, what Varian is going to do, kind of. He's like, I don't know how he's going to do these things, but these are the things that he's doing, and this, this is what's going to happen. The difference between him and me is that he can make these dreams into realities. I can see what's happening. But and so Dennis like, so wait, Kern said before he died that you might have found a way to fake transmissions coming in and out of the ship. Right. And the emperor's like, yeah, the long distance ones, because he's basically commanding most of these battles from very, very far away. There's one of the 10 battles that he's at personally and the rest he's commanding long distance. And like those we can like spoof if we need to, but it probably won't work for long. He'll figure it out pretty quick. What are you proposing? And Dennison almost is like, no, never mind, nothing. And then he's like, no, I need confidence. I'm going to try. And so he he wants. He's like, okay, get me some crew, some techs, some aids, and ten of these monitors. Somebody who's familiar with the bug. We're gonna we're gonna do something here. So they're basically like, we can give you maybe a half an hour of faked orders. We can send false messages and block the real transmissions, but we can't stop orders from going out from the Voidhawk which means that the people in the battles will quickly realize that the orders he's sending don't conform to what's actually happening on the battlefield. And so that works for nine battlefields for the 10th battlefield that he's actually at. Dennison has a different idea and he finds the, uh, the, the, the fighters that are whose squadron commander is the girl that that uh, is brother, brother. I still say brother. I guess I don't know. Varian is, uh, is, in a relationship with or whatever. I guess we don't know exactly what they are to each other, but he's like, I want you to send five squadrons and destroy every fighter in this one squadron. Nothing is as important as that. But we're going to kill his girlfriend and then we're going to make it look like he's losing the other battles is where we eventually get. They successfully kill the, kill the girl and uh, Dennison sets up these battles. He knows enough about how Varian works and about how battles work after having studied them for so long that he just tweaks them. He does basically what happens to him every time he fights, where luck is just not on his side. The, the Just the wrong thing goes wrong at just the right moment. And nothing nothing impossible, just some unlikely little slips here and there that turn the tide of the battle. And so, for half an hour, Varian thinks that he's losing nine battles, and in the tenth battle, his girlfriend has just been killed. So, things are not going well for him. And i like, the emperor is like, "What was this just about revenge? Like, you want to play one last trick on your brother before he takes out the empire?" And Denison's like, "Well, I mean, yeah, kinda. One last trick, one first trick, buddy. First and last, yeah." And then the thing cuts off, and they're like, "Ah, oh, somebody noticed the bug. Damn it!" And Denison's like, "I guess I failed. The battles aren't. Are, I mean, the, even the lack of Varian's orders didn't really act, turn the tide of the real battles much, because his his forces are still good at what they do." and the emperor's just like what what have you done like you wasted that one thing that we had and Denison's i like denison's thinking for what for a moment i almost convinced myself that i was that guy the winner and that's when somebody's like your majesty look at silvermane's forces and the the main ship is like the variant ship the Voidhawk, is breaking off its attack and somebody's like your majesty they're retreating and the emperor's like What? what the f-? and denison brings up the the one shot the uh the view of the bug in Varian's office that they had seen before and he says all the things that Varian discovered or was taught for all his successes for all his genius there's one thing he never learned and we see that Varian has shot himself in the head when the tides turned against him it's like he never learned how to lose and that's the end yeah it's yeah, interesting just, yeah, it's a little
2: short Just yeah it just cuts off really abruptly it's like oh he's dead end of story okay <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, that's, you know, we've, t- we've talked before about the endings of his other books. It's like, man, that was really sudden.
0: Yeah, maybe Even the with... Sander
2: Lynch feels more uh, abrupt when it's in such a short space. I mean, sometimes. Like, uh, so, like his other short stories that we have read, not quite as much. Even yeah, Six for the Dusk, which we read in one
0: hit. Yeah. No, I, but yeah, I agree. It's it's like, oh, he never learned how to lose, and then smash cut. We're done. <laughs> it, it does feel very sudden. It, it
2: it honestly feels kind of like, you know, those children's fables where they give the moral the story right at the end, and then that's the end of the story.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's kind of funny. That's a good point.
0: But yes, I, there's no reason to do predigments today, audience, as we have <laughs> nothing to predict, uh in particular.
2: Well, this turns out to be like a stealth prequel for some story he writes later <laughs> down the line. Right. And it's tied into the Cosmere all along. We don't know. These planets could be, there's, there's some shards sitting there just... Uh, the shard of um,
0: uh, lethargy, <laughs> <laughs> just, just just letting all this play out. I, that that's a, a new shard theory that I'd never heard before. I like that. <laughs> I mean, even gods get lazy, right? Sure. Um. So yeah, that's all. Uh, I don't think we'll read any emails this week yet, either. It'll be a short episode this week. We have uh, we have an email or two we could read, but I'll save that for next time. So. If anyone would like to email us, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Patreon and all those sorts of places. We should have some Patreon content, some patron content up for you probably by the time you're listening to this episode because uh, the new Alcatraz book is coming out and I will be reading that and recording my reactions for the Patreon patrons only on Patreon. So if you're interested, if you're an Alcatraz fan, you can check those out for next time. We're going to read another short story available for free on Brandon's website. It is called I Hate Dragons, the extended version, and it is divided into three chapters, chapter one, chapter two and chapter four. Yeah, no, that's 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 how it goes. So that one is going to is a very short one, a very kind of comedic one. And uh, I'll be real interested to see what you guys think of that when we get there. But yeah, so we're going to be doing short stories and novellas for a few more weeks. While Joe is at home with his new baby. I got to see the new baby yesterday. It was super cute. Music by Miracle of Sound. And was to the time of next. Colo.